You mean you haven't had scurvy in the last six months, mate? I've been fucking crippled. Hello and welcome to the Platts, Beans and PBs podcast. I'm Rob. And I'm Sophie. Almost forgot your name there for a second. And we are currently (laughs) live on Facebook doing uh well this week we are going to be doing i guess you could call it part two of our live q a that we did on our last episode um which we thoroughly enjoyed uh maybe awesome. because a little bit of wine was involved so well, for me personally I, I, anyway i don't drink so never i <laughs> i have replaced my wine this week with a probably third cup of coffee now so i'll be more jittery than anything else but hey it's gonna work for us so i've got a um i've got a joint formula so i'm gonna be really really lubricated on my joints Mm, so lubricated Mm. (laughs) i can feel the lubrication from here health (laughs) (laughs) look Look after those joints joints, kids (laughs) how old are you honestly mate 23 going on 83 at this point (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh wow brilliant so uh yes live q a where are we where are we at um yeah in this episode we've i mean we thought well so basically we did the last episode and we thought that it was going to be a nice short to the point concise <laughs> half an hour or so episode on a nice little q a some bullet points and we ended up chatting for a bit too long and we've still got so many questions um, I believe on a, a list, an endless list, list of questions. So again, we wanted we wanted to kind of carry on because some of them were awesome, and again, it was just so much fun. And it's such a great way of getting out information that you know people are obviously looking for, rather than just maybe the the, the flavor of the day that we we want to talk about. So um, I don't know. I mean, should we just get stuck in? Should we should we yeah. grab a question? I mean- and Sorry. yeah, anyone that's watching this, if you have a question, because we've got a list of some go-tos, but if you've got anything specific, then we would like to kind of think that you take precedence if you want to post something on this on this yeah. live stream, and we'll be more than happy to, even if it's just a brief answer, go into it. But yeah, let's let's kick off with with something and see where it goes. Let's have a look. We've what? got we've got quite a lot unanswered from last time. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with. Oh, this is quite a good one because it applies to everybody. Uh, Should we be taking vitamin supplements right now? And if we should, which ones? Oh, that's banging. That's a good one. Very good one. Uh, I mean, who first? Do you know what? I've I've got um, a couple of very specific things that I like to point people towards. So my general feeling, and from what I can gather, is that things so i'm going to start with what people normally jump into uh, and this is normally your multivitamins um and things like vitamin c supplementation and stuff like that um my understanding is that multivitamins are actually pretty useless um in terms of how much your body actually sort of absorbs and whether you know a lot of the time they're vastly underdosed um you know if it if it I i don't even want to say you know, people you like to use the phrase cover your bases, but at the end of the day, if you're eating food, even if your diet isn't like really spot on, you're probably getting some sort of basic form of nutrition anyway. It's not it's not like everything yeah. is devoid of nutrients. Yeah. Um 
so multivitamins I wouldn't really bother with unless there is a very specific reason. I don't know if there would be anyone who um, has been told that they need to take them. But if you've noticed a difference, like they're, they're pretty cheap. If it makes you feel they good, are. banging, go for it. You know, no yeah. harm. But generally, most people don't need to bother. Now, the one that is big on people's minds right now, because it tends to be when we talk about illness and flu and colds in general, is your good old vitamin C. Mm, the good, vitamin the good C. Stuff. Mm. The good stuff. Um, again, my opinion, completely useless. There have been no studies to show that vitamin C helps with colds or, or any form of um, illness like that, and definitely not um, a virus like the one that is going around right now, the one that shall not be named the Voldemort virus. Um, so <laughs> but yeah, vitamin C in general, it only helps if you are already taking it or, or include a lot of it in your diet anyway a lot of foods these days have vitamin c in by default because it helps that food last longer that's why no one really gets scurvy anymore uh don't know the last time you had you, scurvy you mean, you mean you haven't had scurvy in the last six months mate i've been fucking crippled is that why you've got that joint supplement is that why you're sipping that one yeah you're... that's what it is <laughs> what this is actually this is three thousand milligrams of vitamin c um and an anti-scurvy vaccine <laughs> I thought you were being serious then for a second. <laughs> I, you know what it is? I watched you become really engaged for a second and then go, oh, you're a toss, are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening you're to this on the podcast, you don't get tosser. to see my face in that one, but this is the reality of Facebook Live. <laughs> but yeah, vitamin C, um, it can help, from my understanding, with the severity of col- uh, of, of colds or, or help uh, I don't even want to say help you not get them or avoid them, but you, it has to be already in advance. If you've already got some sort of cold or symptoms, it's too too late. It's too late for you, bro. Sorry, you fucked. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, fucked. Um, because those when you show symptoms, when you have a cold, that is your body trying to. It's basically it's ba- that's it healing. It's it's like yeah. it's fighting off the virus. So Correct. you've already gone past that point. So. I feel bad for saying it, but vitamin C is going to do fuck all. Um, Don't feel bad for already, saying it. It's correct. There's already a lot of it in in the foods that you eat. Um, look for as how do you pronounce it? Azorbic acid. Azorbic acid. Yeah, that was correct. Yeah. Azorbic acid is another name for it. So if you see that on the back of anything, that's vitamin C. Um, so those. That's my opinion on those general ones that people tend to jump straight for now the ones that i do recommend generally for for most people and that that might be construed as being bad because obviously you don't want to you know no i think shotgun everyone no, but right. the majority of people can do with these ones in their diet um yep. and the ones that i have seen benefit from the most a high strength omega-3 supplement correct very very good point very mainly good point. for me because i hate fish Sorry, no, I'm, I'm gonna. Not ma- I'm not massive on it to be honest. I no, mean... and you know, and that's okay. Like, but this is the point, though, isn't it? Like, we're talking about vitamins and supplementation. You you don't consume fish, therefore, you need to supplement from elsewhere. So the it, the yeah. supplement serves its purpose because you don't get it through your diet. It's not it's not you being stubborn or digging your heels in. You don't enjoy fish, but you're therefore making the effort to get it from mm. elsewhere. 
and there's a lot of literature on the benefits of you know not even having a lot of omega-3 it's the ratio of your omega-3 to six to nine that you need to look at so people taking omega supplementation in general a lot of the times don't need that what they need is more omega-3 because the foods that they eat are low in that but higher in the other omegas especially certain oils so that's why i take that and generally point people towards it um it's a fantastic it, supplement it really really and it's one that mm. isn't it isn't marketed properly i would say it right. it, it in, in my opinion anyways it, it's very much it's it's marketed as like oh it's good for joints it's good for this it's it's very very good for cell integrity and it's very very good for cell health in general and cell function and endothelial function and it is a powerhouse of a supplement that is very very understated and has a whole heap of benefits that are never really discussed and a really really interesting one this is from a dietitian that i worked with a few years ago and she was a bit of a fruit loop to be honest but what like what what she came out with because she was just so like she had particular knowledge she had knowledge in very very small niche areas right what she she knew everything about it so she knew the most bioavailable sources of omega-3 she knew which solution it should be within um the the digestive rate everything regarding it it was outstanding and she said one of the best fat burning supplements that you can buy fat burning supplements Mm -hmm. is omega-3 and i was like oh that's really interesting what do you mean and she was like do you want your cells to perform at 100 percent or 80 percent and i was like well obviously 100 percent and she was like and if your cells perform at 100 percent can you oxidize fat more readily because your cells are more efficient and i was like yeah technically and she was like so why aren't you supplementing with omega-3 and i was like my entire life has been alive. I feel, I feel like that's one of those things that when someone sells it to you in that way, it makes sense. But I would, I would be interested to see whether that actually translates to real life. Well, From, it, you know what I mean. It's, it's yeah. not, it's not being sold as a fat burning supplement. But what she was trying to get was, do you want to be performing at an optimal rate, or do you want to be able to perform at an optimal rate? Obviously, the answer is yes. So why are you supplementing with this? Yeah, great, great point. Like, I understand you're right i should be taking this well i think it comes back to what you said which is just like there are so many benefits why would you not yeah. like there's no reason be it's silly not even not particularly to. expensive well from certain places no. i mean certain places it is um you know as long as you're getting a decent amount and i think i think it's what i like to call one of these shotgun supplements it covers so many different areas and there are so many different benefits and i always i'm always dubious to talk about stuff like that because when people do it's normally too good to be true you know, people being well, like, yeah. oh, my God, turmeric cures everything. And you're like, oh, dude, mate, like, come on. <laughs> but omega-3 general, genuinely has so many benefits. For me, the main one is um, mental health and mental oh, co- cognition. Cognition benefits are just outstanding. Mm. Um, there's a, there's a, there was a paper, oh, it might have been five, six years ago now, and, and it looked at the supplementation of omega-3 within Alzheimer's patients. And, right, yeah. Yeah, and it was... So Alzheimer's is is a result of something called cerebral plaques, which essentially build up upon on the brain and cause like, the, the symptoms of Alzheimer's. Okay. And omega-3 and supplementation of that actually seemed... Compared to the control group, it did show to slow it ever so slightly, which in my book, for a supplement that's so widely available mm. and is so like recognised, is absolutely mind-blowing. 
Yeah. And it's never, it's never marked. But that's what I mean. It's not mind Pun going, intended. Pun, in, pun intended. <laughs> Fuck, that is so bad. Sorry. <laughs> that's so bad. Carry, I love carry it. On. Wow. Maybe I'll bleep um, that part out. <laughs> I loved it though. Uh, as I said, I was. No, like, that is yeah. amazing. That's that's incredible. And I, it's, and I it's think it's fascinating. And it's not marketed like that though, is it? It's no. not like I've never thought of it. In how that often sense. do you see take your fish oils because it helps your joints? Yeah, it's good for think, you. Uh... Think, think, think outside of that. Think out. Think of every other thing that it does. I think there's it's a lot because of the them. benefits aren't too as specific as some other supplementation. So to list all of the benefits of omega threes, yeah. It, it would kind of take like a long time. It's not easy. It's, na- it's not snappy to sell. And it also makes it, it kind of therefore devalues it a little bit, I think, because it looks like it isn't for a specific purpose. Right, yeah. It becomes too much of a broader category type thing. It becomes too much of a multivitamin, in my opinion. Sure, it becomes sure. Too mu- Do you know what I mean? It becomes too much of a, uh, yeah, it's, it's good, yeah, that it's makes good sense. for everything type thing. And that's why not many people supplement with it, really. When really, it's it's probably one of the easiest supplements to buy. Yeah. It's very, very cheap. It's it's easy to take. It's literally a little oil-based capsule high down your neck. It's not like you've got to sit and fucking drink a load of powder and stuff. Yeah. It's for, very, for very me, easy to take. I think my choices of supplementation are always, um, well, I guess cost, cost to benefit ratio. You know, if yeah. something is r- nice and cheap or, aff- or even affordable... Um, it has a lot of scientific literature backing it, so genuine benefits. It's easy to get, to get hold of. It's not hard to take or to do. If, if, if it's it? yeah, if it's convenient, yeah. why would you not? Why would you not give it a try to improve your quality? Uh, the possibility of improving your quality of life. Yeah. So that's that's kind of why I choose the ones that the the supplements that I do. So omega three is one. For sure, um, the what are the what are the other ones? Uh, my next one. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say something else, but I'll I'll do these in order of I think priority. I should have put this one first, actually. Vitamin D. I'm so pleased you said that because I was just about to say, please say vitamin D three. <laughs> vitamin D three. Um, in general, now side note to any of these any supplementation, you have to make sure that you get the correct dose it's easy to go out and buy say like a, vit- a vitamin d is one of those to buy a vitamin d supplementation and go i'm taking vitamin d i'm gonna get all better and feel amazing but if it's severely underdosed you're not gonna get you're not well you're not getting the dose that's necessary to see the benefit um omega-3 is one of those and same with vitamin d3 um i've got ones that i think are five thousand I oh, use ample, ample. which are like spot on so I can take one of those a day and I'm golden some of them are less so you have to make sure that the dose is what you look you know what you what you require but vitamin well, d3 yeah. specifically because especially in here in you know good old London town we don't get a lot of sun and even when we do people go out and they cover up or they put um you know sun cream on which Again, from my research, uh, I think something like even a factor thirty or something quite low, what people most perceive people perceive as low, um, uh, means that you only take in anything from you don't. Oh, no, it stops you... absorption of vitamin D from like eighty to ninety percent. Yeah, it it essentially blocks the it, it blocks the efficiency of the absorption of vitamin D three, which is fucking crazy yeah something which is like marketed as a safety tool essentially yeah Yeah. but vitamin d3 is a really interesting one because i mean 
we don't get any sun up in Newcastle really. Today is very much an exception. Really? Um, but yeah, it's been proper. Is it not like, like the goer of it, of of the UK? Are you fucking joking? The barley of no, the UK. Ch- the barley of the UK. I wish it was. <laughs> we might walk around topless more than we care to admit, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that it's beautifully sunny outside. Um, no vitamin D. Even in the winter. Oh, fuck yeah, right? I'm going out in shorts and a t-shirt. Damn right. Hard as nails. <laughs> um, Sorry, no, you're, you're right. 5,000 IU is, is you know, so good. And we only need 2,000 IU. Supplementation-wise, we only need 2,000 IU. Okay. The really, really interesting one that I find is actually the way in which it's sold. So the most bioavailable form and the most efficient form to consume vitamin D3 is in the, oil, the, the pearl form. So the oil yes. pearls. If you are purchasing vitamin D3 in any other way, don't bother. Oh. Do not bother. You heard it here. This first. is new to me because sometimes I have had the the like oil form and then other times I think I'm swear I've ordered it from the same place and then it's come in like a white tablet form. Yeah, yeah, better off not having it on a white tablet form. Wow, really? Will enlighten me. Yeah, so oil-based pearls are the most bioavailable form of vitamin D3. If you want to absorb 100% of the 2,000 IUs or the 5,000 IUs that you've just consumed, it's lipid-based. If you buy it within a, in a powder form, it's not submerged in a lipid. Therefore, it's not an active ingredient. Like, why? Like, in the conversion rate, obviously, it will be converted at some point, but it yeah. won't be converted to 100%. So if you consume 5,000 IUs in a tablet form, you might get an eighth of it. But so what, makes, are you able to take it with fat to then make it? It needs to be submerged within a lipid. Wow, really? So like literally in so so submerged if you put the lipid. tablet into oil or something, uh, you, that that wouldn't work because it, it, it wouldn't work itself because the actual active ingredient of D three has already been added to bulking agents. Wow. So that's crazy. I'm gonna have to have a word. It's not to say that the the tablet form or the powder form doesn't work. It just sure. isn't anywhere near the level that an oil-based pearl would be. So you're, you think you're taking in 5,000, whereas actually you're, you know, taking in bugger all. Yeah. And it's the same as um, if you were to buy something like a, let's think, a magnesium supplement, for example. If the bottle literally just says magnesium hmm. and it says on the back, like magnesium, um, 250 milligrams, if what you're actually trying to take is magnesium glycinate or magnesium biglycinate, the magnesium biglycinate, which is the active compound that you're looking for and the best quality that you're looking for, might be a tenth of the magnesium supplement that you've actually consumed. Interesting. The active ingredient that you're looking for has been submerged and mixed in with products that are a hell of a lot cheaper. And that's likely why that the product that you've just purchased was very, very cheap. Damn. Right. Well, you heard it here. i got to get on the phone to a guy... <laughs> um, well, that's really interesting to know. I did always wonder that as well. I wondered why there was a difference because I'm I'm fully aware, having the experience with supplementation that I have, that you know you often get different forms of things. It's not even sometimes easy as going like I'll take magnesium. You know, there are all there are different forms. Some that are just absolute turd, and some yeah. that are really efficient, and then some that are just kind of in the middle. They're like, yeah, this will yeah, do for the majority okay. of people. That's fine. So it's really interesting to know that, especially if a certain supplement has to be submerged in a certain way, mm-hmm. damn, 
Okay, cool. Same, it's same, interesting. Same with, same with Amigas and stuff. There are more efficient ways of purchasing Amigas. The typical Omega-3 supplement is it's within a gel capsule. Yeah, that's true. But then there's other variations. So there's softer gel capsules as well. And there's a different chain of the lipid that the, the Omega can be submerged in. That makes it even more bioavailable. Mm. So it's kind of like a scale as opposed to this is yes, yes or no, this is binary. no type thing. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like it's the same with vitamin D3, but with vitamin D3, it just makes total logical sense to be consuming okay. it. In, do you know what I mean? So, so rather than paying... You don't pay that much more for the pearls. You really yeah. don't. I mean, they're pretty much the same. <clears throat> and what you usually see as well is you usually see um, calcium and vitamin D supplements are quite an interesting one as well. You usually see a com- the combo tablets, don't you? Right. Again, yeah. the amount of vitamin D that's been supplemented in it and the amount of bulking agent that's been added in order to combine the two, the vitamin D that you get, and I don't like the word quality, but the vitamin D that you get and the quality is dog shite. Right. It's not great. You are that's... better off. You are better off purchasing the two supplements separately and it won't cost you much more gotcha yeah yeah i think yeah that's that's really interesting to know um that's blown my mind a little bit but i yeah you you always want to make sure that you're getting what you think you're getting basically and you know i i I didn't know this either so i only learned this about maybe two and a half years ago maybe three years ago when i was working with somebody called dean and he uh, works with pharmaceuticals and he's just one of the most knowledgeable blokes I've ever met in my life. Hmm. And he basically just said, do you want to know a few secrets about the supplement industry? And basically just rattled off like how important patented ingredients are and how in order to get this, you would need to submerge this within this. And then if it's being stored at this temperature, it's completely useless. Um, this, it's honestly, the, wow. the stuff that he told me, I was just like, my entire life has been a complete lie. And he discussed, um, oh shit, what was it? There was a particular brand, I can't remember the name of it. He was like, oh, he said the same. He was like, multivitamins, dog shit, except for this one. And I was like, okay. oh, t- tell, me, tell me more. And it was, oh, fuck. What if you think it? of it, if it jumps into your brain. If it jumps into my head, I will shout. say it out loud because the panel, he even said he was like, the panel on it was fantastic, but it came down to the patented version of each vitamin that was within the multivitamin. Right. So like the vitamin B6, the pan- pantothenic acid, was of such a good high quality. It was so like highly bioavailable. It was a no-brainer to take it for that one compound alone. And then in conjunction with the others, they were dosed correctly. And the source of the dose was so highly bioavailable, it was a no-brainer to purchase it, and it worked out cheaper to buy them all separately. But, yeah. I mean, it's for the average person to then look at a panel of a multivitamin and go, that's dosed correctly, that's the correct bioavailability. Well, you that's don't know, do you? You just you, you trust don't. when you're buying a supplement, especially. Absolutely. You're just like, this is what I, I need, um, and I trust that they have actually put the amount in there that I need. And then, but it's not that way, unfortunately. Um, which, yeah, which is really shit. Just just popping back to the vitamin D3 itself, because I'd like to make a side note about, um, you know, obviously the best the best source of vitamin D generally is the sun. Um, yeah. Not only because it's, it's nice and it's nice and warm on our lovely skins and it gives us a nice glow and all that stuff, but because um, vitamin D that you take in via your skin lasts, you know, it, it, yeah. it essentially soaks into your skin and stays there for a bit whereas if you supplement with it you have to do it every day again from my yeah. understanding it's it's like yeah. a daily thing it doesn't well, last it as long so you know and especially again if you are even in the limited time that you do get sun during the year if you're covering up 
if you're putting sun cream suntan lotion suntan lotion sun cream um like sunscreen on you're not you're you're barely getting any vitamin d you th- you know you think you are because you're you can feel the sun on you but it's blocking that vitamin d absorption yeah. um and so actually and people have this fear of the sun like i'm not i'm by no means telling people to just go out in the blistering hot sun for like hours at a time naked and burn your bits off but it's okay to be out in the sun burn your bits off (laughs) literally until they shrivel up and they just fall off with that image in mind let's move on um but you know being out in the sun for 10 minutes without any you know uh uh, sun lotion on and stuff is is okay and is actually good for you and really you should be doing that then after you've had some exposure then you can put the lotion on if you're going to be out there for a longer time or if it's more extreme um sun but getting sun exposure without any coverage for like a few minutes is is absolutely fine as long as you don't burn yourself from my understanding it's when you start to go it's when you start to cause that damage to your skin that's that's like that's when you've gone too far but being out in the sun is actually okay and i think a lot of people have this massive phobia just of the sun um but you need it oh i've better cover up you do need it you know what i mean we we i mean look at like even even from a mental health perspective i mean you know it's to get vitamin d there's again there's more to it than just um you know benefits within skin and within this and within this like again cognition Mm. and mental health and god i mean how often do you go oh, it's such a lovely day the sun's out i feel so good hmm. yeah it's not just because Guess you what? like the look go of the sun <laughs> yeah exactly it's not just like a mental trigger where it's like ah, so unhappy no go out in it yeah it's go, go it's the sit stuff that it does to it you now <laughs> yeah exactly your go body literally absorbs vitamin d and i and this is coming back to the supplementation that's why taking vitamin d supplementation is great for i mean I'm really happy that you pointed out about the the cognition and the mood thing, and that's why I tend to that's why it is one of the ones that I give people along with the omega threes because it's just like you think that you need all these sort of vitamins for other reasons, but I'd rather give you some that are going to make you feel better um, yeah. and and be in a better mood because then your quality of life is going to totally like, exponentially increase hopefully because then you might have just that little bit more energy to do that thing that you wanted to do because now you're in a slightly better mood then you actually do the thing and then you feel better because you've done the thing and then it has a knock-on effect all because you took a bit of omega-3 and some vitamin d and now you're just like do you know what i can i can face the day um especially now during lockdown it didn't cost you the world it it wasn't difficult it was easy to get a hold of and you'll do it again and again and again and yeah. you'll continue to progress and you know especially within you know the mental aspect and things like that if, if the goal was you know weight loss or progressions and strength or whatever if you're in a better mindset and well-being is in, in a really really good place are you going to be more likely to progress and work towards goals in a positive mindset or when you feel like dog shit yeah exactly so it's every everything has a purpose within within a goal setting perspective everything mm. Like, and whether that be, you know, if, if someone were to turn around and say, the only reason that I got this, this record today was because I took Omega 3. That is like, nece- not it. necessarily like untrue. If, if you took it 
felt better about yourself, felt better about training, continued to progress within training because you were in a better mindset, sustained it. Oh. Guess what? You've progressed. Have we lost you? Oh. Where have you gone? <laughs> oh, you oh. just froze there for a lot. You just you panicked did as well. <laughs> oh. So. Yikes. No, it's, it's annoying as well because you're making making a really, really great point. Um, and I think what it points to is that supplementation in general um, does not just work in a vacuum of I'm going to take this thing and it's going to give me this benefit. Like Yes, yes. You well, have again, no idea the knock-on effect that proper supplementation could have to your life like five or ten years down the line. I know that's maybe a lofty thing to say and it might not make sense immediately but i mean it's the same with just exercising and all these little things these little things will affect your life in ways that you cannot imagine um and it's all the small bits the small little wins or the small slight better bit you know changes in mood um that can set your your life on a slightly different uh trajectory that's not a word trajectory there we go um that was that's maybe like a bit of an extreme and and a bit deep but it's i it's i think you're right though it's like these these things these are supplements yeah it's it's the one to five percent isn't it it's the cherry on top it Mm. can make a difference but only if if the foundations are there yeah if the the other 80 percent is taken care of yeah you know you can't take supplements and then sit on your ass eat shit not move and then expect to feel great you're joking Damn it! I don't know. I when I sit on my ass, I feel pretty great. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> you know what it is? I, I did 600 steps today, but at least I took an oh, three. <laughs> I've decided. I've decided to put my Fitbit on again after a year or two of not using it. Um, to because I was intrigued to see how many steps I do now that we're in isolation, and um, it's a little bit depressing to be honest. I'm not gonna lie. Still surprising though. Still surprising that I've actually managed a certain number of steps. So, yeah. A um, little bit of a side sidebar there. Uh, where where were we? So we were talking about vitamin D. Vitamin D, again for me, is one of the main ones, mainly because of the mood benefits. And and my a lot of my choices are down to that. I yeah. I so, would rather someone be supplementing because be. I know the stuff is gonna put them in a better mood or, or help them remember stuff rather than I guess sports specific stuff or because they want to they think their supplement is gonna cause them to lose lose body fat. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think everything on vitamin D that I've covered there. My other two that generally are linked together are magnesium and zinc. And that's just generally because they can provide people with a better quality of sleep. But zinc especially, um, again, uh, from what I understand, vitamin D and zinc, zinc, yeah, vitamin D and zinc are two that you do want to be taking um, to help support your immune system more so people think it's things like vitamin c and multivitamins but actually these um what is the one that's actually a um oh it's not a vitamin it's a no i think that's vitamin d it's not like it's not a vitamin it's a uh not a steroid that's wrong um oh Anyway, basically, I think it's the vitamin D. It's vitamin D, which is used in so many processes in your body, and that's again why it's so essential. Because it's not just like you take vitamin D; oh, it makes you feel better. It's it is required in on so many levels, um, in so many processes in your body. But um, yeah, zinc 
again, is one of those ones that can help support your immune system more so than something like vitamin C. Um, sure. I think people just hear the word vitamins and they go, well, that's what I need. I need more vitamins. That must, that must help me. And like vitamins are great. Don't get me wrong. Not no, shitting on vitamins. <laughs> they're like, you know, they're pretty good and they're pretty important. But zinc um, is one of these ones that uh, is vastly underrated in terms of what uh, what it's used for in your body. Um, and generally, especially for energy and, and again, mood. But yeah, zinc and magnesium... Um, especially if you've never taken it taken it before bed before prepare for some trippy ass dreams it's fucking great I love what I'm uh, do you, is that something that you take regularly or that you occasionally sort of dabble in do you, do you dabble in zinc and magnesium do you dabble in zinc um, I take magnesium glycinate before bed um, magnesium biglycinate to be specific um, I take it at 250 milligrams pre-bed I also got all my athletes to do so uh, nice. I do take zinc I also take vitamin B6 before bed as well Okay, um, that's bed. normally the uh, A part of ZMA, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So zinc. Uh, to anyone listening, you might see a supplement called ZMA, and all of that, all that is, is a combination of zinc, magnesium, hence the Z and the M. But for some reason, and I don't know if you care to enlighten us, Sophie, but the A stands for vitamin B six. I'm pretty sure. Well, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's pantothenic acid. I don't know why the A is. I think they just. I think ZMA. I think MA magnesium. I, I presume that's where it's coming. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. actually know what the A is. I'm a. I'm a find out. I'll let you know. <laughs> I'm a find out. <laughs> but yeah, basically, it's um, it's a supplement that's sold as. Well, it's not really even really sold as a sleep aid, is it? It's just known that it is a supplement that is very good. Where if you're struggling with getting a deep, refreshing sleep, then you can buy that. But you can also, as Sophie was saying earlier, buy the individual ingredients. And the main ones that help with that are, um, are the zinc and magnesium. What is it that the, the vitamin B6 does then, Sophie? Uh, pantothenic acid. Because oh, pantothenic right acid, I used to try and get quite a lot, literally years back. I think because it was supposed to help with skin. All right, okay. I remember I I I just really in, remember in, in or maybe it was mood. In supplement form. There was a reason why I lo- I latched onto it back then and I was like this is going to save me if I just take this supplement it's going to make me feel better or look better I don't know I, but I really oh, remember enough. the name pantothenic acid. Well well vitamin B6 you want to be taking it um it's anywhere between 50 to 100 milligrams obviously you want to get the most from the least so I would start with 50 milligrams that would be fine. Um, just before bed I tend to take it but what it does is it regulates melatonin and it does it through tryptophan and serotonin so so it does actually help with the sleep aspect yeah it does Um, but obviously again it's to be used in conjunction with a a sleep cycle and you know to me you know we actually have a question on sleep that we can answer and I've got quite a lot to say about it so I'll I'll save it for I'll save it for the sleep question oh sleep would be a good one because I think it's something that people struggle with we got I'll tell you what then shall we knock this vitamin question on the head because I think we've we've pretty much covered well I mean I I know that I have ended up kind of saying the ones that I like to I haven't got any more that I would like to say and it'd be really interesting if there are if there are any more specifics or if we just happen to share the same view and the same general ones that actually have a use then i'm more than Um, happy because literally apart from those ones those are the ones that most people can generally take and see a difference with and that can have a a measurable effect especially the sleep stuff so yeah i mean is if there's nothing else then then maybe we use that as a way of transitioning into talking about sleep 
I do have one that I not necessarily is a, a sleep aid. Well, it is a sleep aid, and it's also it has a, a kind of a dual purpose. Mm. Um, have you heard of a supplement called ashwagandha? Yes. Ashwagandha, particularly the KSM sixty six variety, it's a pain in the variety. Um, it's a cortisol cortisol suppressant and cortisol management supplement and it is probably one of the supplements that I recommend to every single one of my athletes oh wow for that exact reason I think it's a fantastic supplement and it takes a little bit of communication with whoever you implement it with because some people can find it can make them a little bit sleepy or a little bit lethargic if taken in the morning so it's quite a good idea to implement it before bed right um, but saying that as well I take it in the morning and before bed and I get and you're no okay kind of I get no yeah I get no grogginess at all from it um, but I know some people that have taken it in the morning and they do so mm. it's knowing when to put it in and, and to take it out and things like that as well um, so ashwagandha is a really really good one um, I don't know how much everybody how much people know about like cortisol and the stress response but cortisol is a result of the stress response being triggered and cortisol is a nasty nasty thing and it's it's just it's present we know it's present and it's going to continue to be released as a stress response particularly within a time like this because obviously it's very very stressful for people yeah. and there's a lot of uncertainty and things so in order to to manage stress in a level through supplementation obviously if you're making an effort in day-to-day life to manage stress levels and kind of keep on top of things it does it does really really help and it allows you to stay a little bit more level-headed and if we can limit the amount of cortisol being released because on the back of cortisol release there's loads of complications so it can lead to high blood pressure and long-term high blood pressure being hypertension Uh, it releases fatty acids into the bloodstream so we can potentially increase LDL cholesterol there's loads and loads of things that I can do and it's mentally as well it's a really really nasty thing it can induce anxiety it can induce depression Uh, it can fuck one thing that I've really really seen as a result of I mean speaking from personal experience as Mm. well in times of really really high stress my skin and hair go to shit ah okay go to absolute shit my body just it it breaks out in the most crazy crazy way and it is just desperate to try and shoot this cortisol anywhere and show me that i'm stressed and my body reacts in a way that it, it becomes incredibly inflamed and again off the back of the stress response and cortisol we have inflammation and therefore greater water retention and we can see an impairment within hunger levels and yes. within hunger hormones and within regulation of hormones. So you can see the spiral. None of these things are positive. None of them. So if we can suppress cortisol to a level where it's a little bit more manageable and then we put in place things within real life as well to manage stress and kind of reduce the level of cortisol that's being released continuously, then all of these nasty things that I've just mentioned and all these awful negatives drop. Yeah. and then quality of life increases and then it's the same, it's a positive knock-on effect because you're therefore in a better headspace to perform these positive things everything else gets better, health gets better, you haven't got all these things that you're now battling, the tables aren't stacked against you anymore and because the tables aren't stacked against you anymore, you're less stressed and mm. you are therefore releasing less cortisol well I so guess it also means that So there is the flip side where certain stresses and sometimes cortisol is very useful like we don't want to blanket term um i guess cortisol as being like we want it as low as possible all the time so for example oh, yeah, yeah. waking up 
the reason you wake up and you're able hopefully sometimes to get out of bed is because your like your cortisol le- uh, levels naturally increase in the morning and that helps kind of get you up and out not only that but cortisol will naturally increase when you provide a stress to your body now the difference is we ideally want the stresses in your life to be um controlled and because you kind of chose to implement them the way that i can explain that is uh training so training is a controlled stressor you are choosing to lift those weights or put your body through that stress the stressor that you put your body through then creates the adaptation response that makes you grow stronger get healthier you know makes you gives you a better cardiovascular capacity makes you feel better makes you more able to deal with stresses in your life because you've experienced stress previously um and this is something that i really enjoy talking about because it's it's this idea of um uh controlled discomfort so when things are okay for you you put yourself through discomfort so that when life throws discomfort at you you're prepared for it if you've never gone through any shit when shit hits the fan (laughs) if it's the smallest thing you freak the fuck out because you've had a relatively easy life up until now this is a different subject and i don't want to get too into it but um if you've got all this cortisol and the stress that you are not in control of um then you find it harder to put those controlled stresses into your day-to-day so you're going to be less likely to want to work out because you're just fucking shattered and you're stressed and you don't feel good because you have not been able to control your stress from external influences so whether that be work whether that be through commuting or, or anything else whatever you you define as an external stressor if you're already drained and stressed because of that stuff you're probably not going to want to do a workout during the day well exactly so and then you're adding stress on stress so then you burn out and then you can't sleep because you you're just consistently pumping out cortisol so the idea is not necessarily to never have cortisol spikes it's to make sure that when they happen they're ne- they're more they're necessary that's kind of the way yes. that i like to look of it anyway yeah, and yeah. That- i mean you, you want it to be it needs to have a purpose and it needs to be utilised. I think that's probably the best way mm. to go about it, what you just and, said there. Mm. You don't want it to be constant at a level that is constantly up here. So that it it's almost like it's almost like insulin sensitivity. That's how I view it. It's like yes. cortisol it's almost like cortisol sensitivity. Like if it's constantly being released and constantly being shot out, when do you know when it's gonna be a useful tool? Yeah. Like when does it become useful because you just up a height constantly. So, yeah, yeah it's totally not that right. you don't want it. It's just that you don't want it all the fucking time. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's really interesting. And linking on so that we can segue into the sleep thing. Um, obviously, high stress and high cortisol just before you go to bed is not going to help with sleep. And that's where getting away from the TV and everything to, to sort of lower that stress. Because even if you, you don't feel stressed, it doesn't mean that there aren't stresses affecting you. Absolutely. And electronics and and uh, you know staring at a bright screen is one of those you might not feel stressed you might be like oh I'm, I'm enjoying this but if that's right before you step into bed your body has not had time to basically chill the fuck out and that's yeah. why you probably find it hard to go to sleep so that's why supplementation with things like um ashwagandha is that how you pronounce it yeah yeah can can help with that again it's you don't just take it and then jump straight from the computer into bed but it can help 
that's why you need to bring those stress levels down and that cortisol down before bed otherwise that's why you feel wired when you're lying in 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 bed um so shall we segue what was the actual sleep question then if um, we let me get it up for you it was a really really good one <laughs> um okay so they said um someone said to me i'm really really struggling to sleep because of stress and the situation that we have all been placed in is sleep that important and how do i make it better if it is important cool so, so really good question quite we've covered. A, f- a few things in there to to go through um yes it's important yeah. Uh, very, very important. The thing that I that interests uh, intrigues me the most about sleep is the fact that people still don't really know why we do it. Even people that yeah, because a lot of people think it's a a, a switching off and a shutting down. No, but it isn't, is it? It's not. It's a switching over. Yeah. It, um, it's like a flick of that way rather than zoom. Yeah. It's it's very very interesting and it's still to this day it isn't. Thoroughly, thoroughly understood. Yeah, which is quite fascinating. I, I, that it just it kind of excites me a little bit. The fact that even people that study it for a living are just like, we don't really know. Like, yes, we know what it it helps with and what a lack of it can do and the negative effects of it. You know, the fact that it isn't a shutting down. The fact that it switches over to a different set of systems. I guess. Yeah, but we still don't know why. Like, <laughs> I mean, maybe there's not a definitive why. Maybe the why is just all of these smaller things I mean, or these things that we and do. If, if that is your why, then that's a pretty good why. Because it's bloody enjoyable. Be I mean, yeah, is there another necessary. why? Yeah. But in terms of... So sleep is something that's always eluded me throughout my life. I've struggled with it a lot. And that's why I think this question is uh, quite exciting for me because I really hope that anything that I can suggest genuinely helps because I know how much my quality of life improves when I'm well rested um, and I feel it like even one night if I don't get you know a sensible night of sleep and I don't know if that's you know my age kicking in or what but well I'm 23 and I say exactly the same thing sleep I've never I've never valued valued sleep enough that's the top bottom of it I haven't yes. valued it enough I I always misunderstood it and I've always really really underappreciated how much you I need a good and it's only since I've started to become like more of a, a serious like serious in the fitness industry and stuff that I've really started to go should probably start looking at this a little bit more and it's something I'm really really shit hot with on my clients well because and you've I mean, made that link now you have a reason yeah. to to um find that importance in sleep and i think that's a really good point that you make because like when you're a kid you don't give a shit you do not care you, less. you, you don't want to get up for school the next day you you're want to eat your breakfast you want to fuck around to go to Nobody sleep cares. they're like they're like you you must do this thing and you're like well why why do i care about this thing and and i think that stays with a lot of people throughout their life Whereas you have to make, like anything, you have to make that emotional connection to then want yeah. to Absolutely. fix something. For a lot of people, unfortunately, and this links very heavily into nutrition, for a lot of people, it takes something to go seriously wrong. And then that makes that emotional trigger click. And then they suddenly start valuing what they eat because they have to. Um, yeah. And the same with sleep. You're like, eh, 
I'm alive. I'm surviving. Get, I can get away. My yeah, life is going okay. It. Yeah, but how do you know that your quality of life could not improve tenfold if you just got a decent amount of sleep? Um, I think a lot of people that get into the health and fitness realm or start training start looking at their sleep seriously because now they have a reason because it's performance and because you start to realize very quickly especially when you get into it seriously that if you don't rest properly you're gonna feel like shit and your performance is going to suffer and if that is what you're looking for if that is like if that is a key target in your life you're gonna want to take all the steps necessary to make sure that your performance is on point and that you're going in the right direction. So you go, shit, actually sleep is really important. So now I'm going to start looking into sleep hygiene, supplementation, uh, making sure that I'm well rested and the quality of sleep that I get is enough. And that's the only reason why a lot of people start taking it seriously. You know, I know people that are are around my age, 10, 20 years older, that still are just like, eh, I get enough. I, I genuinely, I, I really struggle when we don't. I mean, we've had a couple of late nights the last couple of weeks and it has fucked me. <laughs> like, really Yeah, but you're still training, me. aren't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm training harder than ever. Yeah. Like, I, it really has. I wake up the next day and I'm like, I feel numb. <laughs> I don't I don't like this. I, it really does knock me. And like, even for like anxiety and stuff, I feel, I find that my anxiety is so much worse when yeah. I wake up the next day and I haven't had a good night's sleep. And it's not because I feel guilty about not getting a good night's sleep, but I just don't feel like I've hit my routine properly. Yeah. Because I haven't. That's the top and bottom of it. Even, even if, and I know that my, my Caucasian rhythms are all out of whack because when I wake up the next morning, okay, say I get, I try and aim for around six and a half, seven hours. That's my personal goal. Seven hours, I feel, I feel pretty good. If I went to bed at 2 o'clock in the morning instead of 11 o'clock and I therefore wake up at 9am, okay, I've got 7 hours sleep but I've woke up at 9am. I never wake up at 9am. I usually get up at right. 7 or half past 6. I'm like, ugh, the fuck? I'm all out of whack because, the, the, you know, the daylight is different, the, the temperature is different, everything. Yeah. It, and I feel like I'm that sensitive to it now. Like, it completely knocks me out of whack. And, like, completely. Well, and that is... People Crazy. underestimate um, having that continuity, that not even continuity, but that um, having the same sleep times every night. Because again, your body, your circadian rhythm, it's not even just for how sleepy you feel, but it is your your quality of sleep. And if your Absolutely. body, if you then go to sleep between certain times that your body's not used to, it, it does throw you off. So even like it you does. say, even though you might get the same amount of sleep, your body's not going to be in the same place that it would be when you went to bed Absolutely. at your normal you've, time. You've and that's why you feel a bit off. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a lot and, more research the you know these days to show that it's not about the length of time it's about the quality of the sleep and that's yeah. the important thing so let's get on to some points that can uh i guess actually help people we've we've gone on enough about how much we enjoy sleep oh you've got your notepad yeah. and everything uh, oh, i wrote a full i wrote a full page on this oh on sleep yeah wow in that case do you wanna do you wanna kick us off with with some stuff more than happy to right so sleep is one i've said it before it is one that i place a lot of emphasis with in my clients and i mean a lot i'm talking sleep quality sleep duration the conditions that they go to sleep every aspect of it supplementation the whole whack i just think that there's not enough emphasis placed on it 
and it is something that is quite often overlooked within within every demographic not necessarily just athletes within every demographic to be quite honest with regards to performance with regards to quality of life all that type of thing mental health a lot and when i've asked people including my clients when i've asked them right tell me about your bedtime routine the vast majority of them go well i haven't got one yeah. There's your first mistake. There's your first mistake. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean you don't have a bedtime routine? Like, ah, oh, well, but we usually, you know, oh, we usually go to bed about this time, but sometimes it's one o'clock in the morning, sometimes it's 10 o'clock. Like, right, is it 10 o'clock or is it one o'clock? Because that's a three hour window. Yeah. Oh, well, it, var- it varies from day to day. Again, that's quite a big window. Do you think your body's going to go, she's going to go to bed at some point? We don't know when it's going to be. Time to wind down soon. Uh, sleep. Uh, <laughs> boom. It just doesn't work like that. So, you know, to give yourself a window to go to bed and to kind of fall asleep and stuff is great. If it's three hours, not so fucking great. You know, you want to be going to bed around the same time every night. So my advice always that I give all my clients is try to get to bed within the same hour every single night. Right. That is my advice. Within an hour, I feel like that's a realistic period of time. I feel like if we if we gave anything, like try and get to bed 15 minutes. A little bit specific, anything yeah. can happen, you know. It's, it, it, you know, it's a little bit unrealistic. So I usually, the recommendation I usually give is an hour. Now pre-bed routine this is a really really interesting one and again it's something that i get my clients to look at quite a lot so screen time is a big one for me blue light how often are we hearing now well in fact i think on i mean i don't have an iphone but i'm pretty certain on iphones and things i mean on my samsung there's the blue light filter now yeah as well so you can turn the blue light filter on it filters out the blue light now blue light is we've talked about like the, the brain's opportunity and the body's opportunity to start winding down if we're continuously providing blue light and we're providing these stresses that you aren't aware of that are they're not causing you stress but it is an external stressor yeah how do you expect your body to become to a level where it's ready to slip into sleep it yeah. isn't that's the top one of it isn't it? You know, and you go to bed and you lie down and how often do you hear people go my mind was doing 10 to the dozen yeah, and it's like, yeah, it well, were you just looking at your phone before you, you know, jumped into bed? Were you, did you go straight from the TV straight to bed? Because that's probably why. Yeah, I think people don't realise that um, blue light and screens in general are essentially an exciter. Yeah, that's the top. I was going to say it elevates the brain to a level where it feels like it has to continue to perform mm. and continue to process information and continue to to fire more neurons and to fire this and to fire that. And by the time you go to lie down to go to bed to go to sleep, your brain's going, "Whoa, I'm ready to fucking go, me. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to fly. I'm ready to fucking fly. Round two, like, motherfuckers. I want to do it. <laughs> like, no, it just doesn't. Like, yeah, it want it wants to slow down, but you've you've provided it with something that's going to cause it to to start working again. And you don't want to do that if you well, you might want to do that if you do. You're a fucking idiot. But you want to slow it down, and you want to go to bed, and you want to go to sleep, and you want to get good sleep. And I think so that's the, why not provide yourself with the conditions to get that good sleep. Yeah, and I think that's that's a key point is that you have to prepare for sleep. Yeah. Most people just think that they can just like switch off. You go, I'm going to sleep now. Why aren't you doing it, body? You have to prepare your body for sleep. You have to like signal to your body and your brain. I'm going to go to sleep now. And this is where routine and um, what I call sleep hygiene comes in, which is what do you do before bed? And these two things that you've already um, pointed out, so like how 
like keeping the same sleep time every night and what you do before bed they're so unsexy they're so old man yeah and it's yet like, oh well i'm going to bed it's my bedtime and it's why There's most no shame people don't do it it's because there's no shame in it. It's boring. It's boring to say just yeah, go to sleep the same time every night. Oh no, surely there's something else I can do. No. Yeah, but do you do you value your fucking health though? It's the boring stuff <laughs> that will probably get you eighty percent again, this eighty twenty thing, like eighty percent of your results. It's that's the important stuff. Yes, it's boring, yes, it's unsexy, and that means that most people won't do it because they don't have that emotional charge with it doesn't excite them <laughs> excite them enough kinda, to want to do it. it. Just, yeah, They're not like you can't sell I'm gonna it, like fucking switch my my blue lights off an hour before bed mmm this is gonna be fun you know it's 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 boring but it's the stuff that works and especially is the most important it doesn't matter about you know supplementation or tricks if you can't even go to sleep at the same time every night if you can't just be like okay I wanna go to sleep in about an hour I'm just going to chill out away from the TV. And I say that because I'm guilty of it, you know. I do it, but at the regularly. same time, I've definitely got better at being more frequent with my regular sleep periods. And I have now got to a point where my sleep quality is pretty damn good. But yeah. I am still guilty of occasionally staying up until two or three o'clock in the morning and then wondering why I feel like shit in the morning. But you're very aware of it now that you look back, you know what I mean? There's always, there's, at least you're not doing everything that you can, going to bed, getting a shit night's sleep and then going, I genuinely don't know. What oh, I this isn't fair. Oh, I don't get a good night's sleep. I don't get it. Like, I know why fair. I don't get a good night's you sleep. You were up until four o'clock in the morning on your phone. Yeah. On Pornhub. What did you expect? Like, really? Like, it's just, I mean, you know, but me- now that we've said it out loud, maybe people are going to start going, "Oh fuck, that's me." Maybe, and you know, it, you know, maybe, we hope, anyways. But back Give to the original point. So, like, yes. your, your pre-bed routine. There, there's so many other things that you can do alongside. You know, it is unfortunately it's the boring shit. It's I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything here that people are gonna go, "Oh, I never really thought of." Or maybe I will say yeah. some stuff that people never really thought of. But it's very, very it's stuff that's really, really easy to easy to implement. Um, have you ever done any reading on the stimulation of thermoregulatory centres before bed? Always. Okay. Le- so, learned that shit in primary school. Yeah, it was basically the same I as when you did like I times haven't. tables and stuff. So before you go to bed, um, what we want to do is stimulate something called your thermoregulatory centres. So on stimulation of thermoregulatory centers this is essentially stabilization of body temperature ah do you see where i'm going with this Mm. so there's a lot of literature there that suggests that hot water treatment is a very very good way of bringing the body to a point that has a natural set point and brings about a constant body temperature and if the body temperature is constant the thermoregulatory centers stay very very constant as well and it gives very very good stable conditions for the body to then slip into sleep okay so it is recommended that a hot bath or a hot shower before bed that lasts around a minimum of 10 minutes anywhere between 45 to 60 minutes before bed 60 45 to 60 minutes before bed can stimulate thermoregulatory centers enough to provide stable conditions for the body to therefore create homeostasis and fall into sleep see that's really interesting because i've actually heard the opposite i've heard that cold showers are actually very good before that was my next point oh the same goes for cold water treatment. Booyah! 
Would you fucking believe it? Because I don't know if we've discussed this, but I'm a big fan of um, you cold love a cold. I, immersion yeah, and I, cold I tr- You were like, you should definitely try cold showers. Nearly fucking died, mate. Fuck me. <laughs> Hated it. Hated it, right? I, right, I really went for it because you were like, just try, you know, if you need to do, like start with a small amount of time and build your time up. And I was like, cool, that's a really, really good idea. Yeah. And you went, don't go all in. This is what you said, everybody, right? You went, don't go all in. You went, do hot water first and then just turn the hot water down and turn the cold water up. And I was like, that's such a good idea because it's an easy transition, right? So I did it. So the hot water slowly started turning the hot water tap and I thought, right, I'll just start turning the cold up now. It was that fucking cold. Me foot slipped and I started my fucking head off the side of the bath. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. I literally went, bash, shit, fuck, my God, it's fucking freezing. Jake was like, what's going on? I was like, it's freezing. And he was like, oh, we've got any hot water. I was like, no, we've got hot water. I'm just attempting to have a cold shower. <laughs> so cold water treatment also does it's very very good in terms of i've actually pulled up a study because i thought it was absolutely fascinating oh awesome okay so it's, it's water-based cold therapy so you can do this 60 to 90 minutes before bed so okay. you, the window for this one's a little bit longer um, and it only needs to be for up to two minutes as opposed mm, to nice to know Wait, thank the lord <laughs> um and again it, it's going to signal the brain that it's kind of time to sleep and time to wind down yeah so it, they say that the water should be cold enough to make you slightly breathless. Yes. Now that's going to vary between each person, so they have they don't tend to like advise on a temperature, but it's enough to make you breathless. Yeah. Um, it can't just study, be tepid. Yeah. <laughs> lukewarm, lukewarm water. <laughs> um, and it was um, passive body heating. Uh, well, where was it? Oh, it was a study by. The study was last year. I know it was a recent study. It was 2019 that the study was published. And it, yeah, that was it. It was Kenneth Diller um, that did the study. And it was looking at um, yeah passive body heating and how that affected sleep quality and things like that. So it actually came out both ways. It was a big meta-analysis and it was uh, looking at cold water treatment and hot water treatment. So they both work. Yeah. It's really, really interesting. And that's interesting because so many people think that there's like... Uh... How do I put this? You know, things are, again, very binary. You know, there's like one way and then the other way doesn't do it. And, and for two completely opposing things, get in, get my fingers in view here, um, wiggly, wiggly, uh, get to have two opposing things kind of help with the same thing. For me, I find that fascinating because obviously most people go, oh, nice, warm, nice, warm shower, you know, before bed or nice, warm bath makes me feel nice and cozy. Obviously, that would make you sleep better. And then this study comes along or people's experience comes along and goes, actually, if I freeze my tits off before bed, you think that's going to make me really perky. But actually, it helps with sleep because it can do both. You know, it can obviously wake you up. It can make you it it can make you feel amazing, but it can also make you it can help with sleep and this it's just it's i find that really interesting when things like that happen that, that things aren't so again binary so things aren't like you do this and this is the outcome um yeah. but yeah stroke one up for for cold therapy before crazy before isn't it? absolutely crazy you know when i was reading up on it i knew i i've read previously that um cold water therapy and stuff is is a way of doing it but i've always placed more stock in in hot water therapy and warm warm temperature therapy so when i read this i was like yeah fucking joking like I, they, they go hand in hand you have a cold shower for two minutes 90 minutes before bed you have a hot bath 45 minutes before bed bingo efficiency bingo like oh love it well also to Honestly. have the choice 
Do you know I mean, if yeah, you're just exactly. like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to have a shower no matter what, and I want to get the benefits of, of a better sleep, okay, do I have 45 minutes to sit and maybe soak in a bath, and I want to do that? Yes, okay, cool, I'll do that. Hang on, no, I, I, I want to get in and out, but I'm really into optimizing my sleep. I'm going to whack the cold on, deal with it for a short space of time, but then I'm in and out. Yeah, there's no, there's no harm in either of them, and it's really, really interesting to see that there are going to be people who are going to take either of these things and they'll find which works best for them. And the fact that they have the option is, is really, really good. Yeah. And it's really interesting to see that, you know, people want to implement them as well. Cause they'll hear something like this and they'll go, I can do that. Great. Get yourself away. Pick one, try it. If it doesn't work, pick the other one. Yeah. You'll, find, thing you'll is... find a way that works for you the worst thing is you've, you've had an extra shower yeah oh. worst thing is you go to bed cleaner <laughs> oh <laughs> lord so on the on the note of um temperature wise yep there's a big one that comes into play with room temperature yes well. this and is I'm, another I'm one sure. that i like to try and talk to people about because again people seem so to be easy. so adamant that they want like a warm cozy room and actually carry on because no. i'm sure you're about to you don't want a warm, cozy room. The optimal temperature range, and this, it, you know, there's half a degree kind of tolerance between either of these, but mm. the, 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 the typical range that they offer is between 15 and 19 degrees Celsius. That's not very warm. Okay. I'm really terrible with temperatures, so... It's not, it's not very warm. No. To be honest. It's no. 15 to 19 degrees. It's not very warm. They, they say it should be a cool room between 15 and 19 degrees. And the reason that they say this is because it stimulates melatonin and serotonin again. Wow. And it's it's absolutely crazy because how often have we said warm, cozy, yeah. this, that. And again, it knocks it on its head. Like, we don't... I mean, how many times... And I, I can speak from experience because I burn up like crazy when I sleep. Mm. When, a, when a room is hot, oh, I will wake up several times the through the worst. night. I won't get to sleep. It's awful. And when a room's cold... I am out cold. Yeah. I mean, even in the worst circumstances when you're like freezing and you have to really wrap up, you know, because you're somewhere, I don't know, and it's cold weather and you just don't have heating. I don't know. Find myself in these situations all the time, apparently. Um, But you have to, you know, really warm up and you have to, you have to, you know, snuggle into your blanket. I don't think I've woken up necessarily because I've been cold. Tell a lie. There was once at Reading 2009 when I woke up and I thought I was going to die in the middle of the night because it was so cold. (laughs) But that was, that's an extreme example. Um, But would you say the room temperature was 15 to 19 degrees? It definitely (laughs) fucking wasn't. It's like the coldest I've ever been in my life. I swear to God. Um, But generally, if the, if the room especially is just like a little bit chilly, I don't think I've woken up being like, Oh, I'm a bit bit chilly. I've woken up being like, "Mm, I'm a bit sweaty. (laughs) Like, oh, definitely. You, you can recall so more times that you've woken up and gone, fucking hell, I'm sweating. Yeah. As opposed to, ooh, my feet are cold. A bit nips. Doesn't tend to happen. But, they, you know, they say, they say as well, so another recommendation that we can say is rather than kind of using a, a single duvet, I mean, a lot of people use a single duvet, or rather than using kind of one really, really thick layer, is they say to use several thinner layers so that you can kind oh, of so you can adjust temperature better. Yeah, so you can adjust. Mm. Um, that's one that I tend to say as well. Um, and again, it's a really, really easy little fix. Yeah. It's so easy to just take off a layer and so easy to take off this. And then, you know, 
you'll find yourself if you twist a little bit through the night anyways you'll find that you'll shake a layer off anyways if you're too warm yeah so it's that's no, another it's, one that I like to say. Yeah, as well. it's definitely one that I I try and tell people, especially because they sort of don't believe you at first, or that it's not one again that clicks. You're just like, look, seriously, the temperature of your room matters, and it needs to be on the cooler side of things. It yeah. can't. I don't give a shit how much you like being in a warm room. If you want to sleep better, you need to be cool. Um, so yeah, I'm really happy that you brought that one up. What else it's, we it's What else we got on this? Because because sleep again is like there's so much that you can play with. Um, I've got a lot on supplementation again. Uh, my supplement routine that I give to all my athletes is 250 milligrams of my magnesium glycinate before bed, 50 milligrams of vitamin B6. Um, not a massive advocate of nootropics to be honest. Um, five HDP. Have you ever doubled in that? Yes. Yeah, definitely. five HDP. I I do like it. Um, it wears I, off very quickly though like after two or three nights you you don't feel anything that's why I don't like it Yeah, I think it's too much of a quick fix do you know when I do use it, it I've got some in my in my cupboard um, and I only use it when I've been on a bit of a night out and I've been drinking and I come back late oh, yeah. So because I know I'm going to get bugger all sleep and I try and make that sleep as deep as possible. And because I don't use it yeah. often, it means that on that one occasion I use it, it will hopefully just make me feel that bit better. It's not going to... I'm still going to see the negative effects of that lack of sleep and that alcohol. But if it makes yeah. me feel a little bit perkier in the morning, that's the only time I'll tend to use it. I would I would say that's a good enough reason to implement it. I just I just don't find and this is like again I say this is personal experience. I just don't find that the longevity of it's worth it. No. And you know you could spend a fortune on these supplements and stuff, but I think there's other ways that you can improve it. Um, another one as well, um, Hupazine A. Yeah, that really rings a bell. Hupazine A is another one as well. And again, Ooh. I say the same thing. Um, on discussion of that one, the argument is that if you take you know it's I think it's it's two hundred milligrams for definite. And they say to take it 30 minutes before bed. Mm. And it's supposed to optimise REM. But it's it's very much like... It's difficult to, to pinpoint whether to what extent it does optimise it. And okay. how much it, it benefits it. So it's... Again, and it's one of those things that there's so many other things that you can be doing to improve it. That if you're doing all of those things and you still don't see an improvement, I don't think, in my opinion, your go-to should therefore be to, to supplement something. Yeah. I would therefore look at your daytime routine and see what you can do to amend that. And then I think, as again, as a last resort, it should be a case of supplementing something like this. Well, yeah, supplementation um, should never be a replacement for no, shitty not. lifestyle habits. Absolutely. I think, And I think that can generally work um on you know daytime stuff and on every level yeah i mean supplementation should be supplemental because you want a very specific outcome or maybe because you specifically are lacking in something rather than this thing that i need to do that is a normal part of life i need this supplement in in able to in order to to do that thing um so again you know we it comes back to this cost versus benefit ratio and if the thing kind of doesn't really do much and it does but only for a night or two and you haven't looked at just switching your tv off That's and going like to bed it. then then it's not going to help yeah i mean like i said the other ones i think are really really beneficial because they provide more than just the benefit for sleep yeah um what i tell you oh, oh. now one one thing i 
can and I don't want to say cannot live without, but I I have I place a lot of stock in this. I'm intrigued. A lavender bed spray. Oh, do you know what? I have been on the lavender for the past year or so, and I I I don't know if it's it. you know if it's a mental thing, but I'm pretty sure. I feel like yeah. yeah. I feel like it could. I've got a few people on this now. I have a bed spray that I use every single night religiously and I, I swear to God if I stay at somebody else's house or if I stay somewhere where I haven't I, I usually take it with me now genuinely nice. I take it with me everywhere I go so if I'm in a hotel I'll take it with me if I happen to not take it somewhere I swear to fuck I don't get as good night's sleep right I'm you now. interesting I'm you. maybe and again that could be a mental thing it likely is heightened by the fact that I play so much stock in it and I'm so emotionally invested yeah. because it's so amazing in every single way and I love it so much <laughs> But if that works for me and it works for you, why the fuck not? Yeah, it's, it's again, worst comes to worst, your bed smells nice. It's, exactly. it's it smells amazing. It um, smells amazing. So, have we got anything? Because this, I think this is an interesting uh, place to not even segue, but but maybe talk about things that are that we use that maybe. So you've got the essentials. You know, the things that you know are going to help. So again, routine, certain things. And then I find that you have these slightly more... um, Like personal remedies. Personal things that you're just like, there's no scientific basis on this. I mean, there is for lavender, from my understanding, but it's a bit more personal or maybe a little bit more specialist. So for example, while we're here, one of mine, and I don't know how I'm going to show this to people, but I've posted it up on my story. And again, this I swear to... I've tried proving myself wrong on this one. There's a Spotify playlist. Um, oh my God, I know exactly uh, what you're going to say. Yeah. I know exactly what you're going to say. So, like, you know, sometimes... So, sound. Um, this is actually... This, this is fascinating. What I realised was that when people go, oh, sound wakes me up in the, in the middle of the night, which is normal, it's not actually that having a sound that wakes you up it is the contrast of going from nothing to something so normally that's you know something driving by your house or a sudden sound that's what your brain latches onto and goes i'm going to wake up now if you have a consistent sound throughout your night and your your brain can latch onto that you can still fall asleep that's why if there's a sound but it's constant so say like a fan a lot of people um, find the sound of a fan soothing because it's constant. It's like its waveform pretty much is, is consistent. Stuff like that is very soothing for us and can actually help people get to sleep. White noise um, and pink noise especially is very we, soothing. We to, I, can you remember in Vietnam, we used to go to sleep to white noise on the, oh, on the bus? Me and you. you yeah. Um, yeah. When, we, when we went on a trip when we when we uh went traveling we went in traveling vietnam month, not that me and sophie were ever in nam um <laughs> we didn't we were never there um yeah no exactly and it's because especially if you are in a in a place where your brain may be going a mile a minute because it's completely new surroundings having that con- consistent thing to latch onto can really help so and it works it, it, it really does yeah because at it first you're like this is a strange sound and I've played yeah, people I the sound. when you told me, and I was like, how the fuck am I going to get to sleep on this? Are you joking? Because it's literally and like static. we were on this bus for like 14 hours, and we were out cold. Yeah, it, honestly, out if you can cold. get pink noise, it's just the sound of static, but it really helps. So anyway, 
the one that has been helping me recently let me get hold of this honestly so i've good. tried i've tried not sleeping to it Andy it i absolutely so if anybody isn't watching the live oh, stream yeah, right now yeah. um and this is just for the podcast what rob is showing on the screen here is dog music it is literally if you search um dog music sleeping music on on spotify it's the one that i i use um it's a little picture of a pug is that a pug that's a pug. little pug looking down in its two arms and it's got like green green writing that has dog on it and then music underneath genuinely i put that on and i i've never heard i swear i've never heard the second song because i'll fall asleep and I, and then i wake Amazing. up and obviously the playlist has stopped and i've never i've never heard it finish i've i've never heard any of the songs later on because i'm asleep i and i Amazing. swear i will point towards also little sidebar and... i sent that to one of my friends cuz she was having trouble sleeping she put it on and apparently so she messaged me back about 10 minutes later going you're some kind of wizard and then she sent me a picture of her dog and she was like no way he never (laughs) normally just chills out like this he's normally super hyperactive especially around about this time and the dog was just like laying on the floor chilling to this music (laughs) and i was like that makes it even better (laughs) so yeah if you've got a dog and you want it to chill the fuck out dog music honestly give it a try that's I'm not putting any scientific backing on that. That is just something that personally seems to work for me. Um, Similarly, if I eat eggs before bed, I swear to God, I have a really good quality sleep. And I I could never find any proof of that in terms of, you know, scientific literature. I think the closest I got was something about... You, uh, blood sugar levels throughout the I was the about night. to say sta- stabilised blood glucose overnight was would be my guess straight away yep. with that having such a slow gastric emptying rate I would say that it would be a stable blood glucose yeah but that was one of those things that I just I noticed it I noticed that if I had scrambled egg before bed I had a good sleep so give these things a try they're, they're very low risk low harm yeah um, I mean and if it were I mean again it's anecdotal isn't it it's something that we're saying yeah. I mean my only real one is that I listen to a guided meditation every single night before bed oh well, that that makes sense that's my only type of like thing that I do before bed I don't really have the rest of it is what I've already said and recommended I don't really have any like niche nit- little tips or anything like that. I do but I probably couldn't share them to be honest <laughs> like, alright I mean, calm down yeah <laughs> I wouldn't um... <laughs> Rob's not gonna share so um, yeah I mean uh, I think one. the points that you've mentioned are basically uh, are mine as well they are the really unsexy things that you you yeah. will continuously try and tell people to do but they probably won't listen but if you absolutely can and that is consistent bedtime like sorry to sound so old man about it but consistent bedtime um turn off your electronics an hour or two before before bed and either do some sort of meditation read a book something like that basically have have a routine because people talk about you know waking routines but sleep routines are, are so 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 crucial and you need that you need to basically signal to your body that now is a time for rest so that's another one Cortisol levels are another one, whether that be via what you eat. Um, So, you know, people talk about not eating before bed, but it depends what you eat. So I've read a lot about actually carbs sometime before bed can actually help induce a sleepy state. Yeah. 
but that has to be that's something like an hour two hours before i think because obviously you don't want to go to bed on a full stomach but you need food it's also good oh i've just thought of something oh i've just thought of something that i used to do before i go to bed and i haven't done it for a long time um we've both done it before um oh (laughs) shit what's it called um gut smash oh your stomach before bed right foam rolling the stomach before bed um, I haven't done it for a while. Uh, yeah, I haven't done that in in ages. Uh, but both of us, we used to love it. I remember mm. this was this is years ago now. Um, we both did it around the same time and both found pretty good results from it. But I haven't yeah. done it for a little while. And well, I do I something similar. I, done it. I do something similar now. Uh, I've got one of those acupressure mats. And I saw that. It's not it's not the same because so basically gut smashing it's such a delicately named it's hilarious isn't it but it's basically um like sophie said foam rolling your stomach or getting something sometimes people use a ball because it's able to get in um to the musculature a bit better but basically yeah rolling now mainly because people don't really look after their their sort of you know their their core area the front area you know you don't see many people massaging that out but especially if you are someone who exercises like that area can be super tight but it's also supposed to stimulate your parasympathetic nervous system which is the system that basically makes you feel tired as opposed to alert and ready to fight a bear so that is one and i think the acupressure mat kind of works on a similar prospect which right you know in the way that i think about it is basically you're you're putting your body in an uncomfortable situation and then when you come off of that the relief is so great then you feel relaxed so like it's you're like i'm uncomfortable i'm in pain but then when you come off of it your body goes oh thank fuck that's over oh my god and then it feels nice and relaxed similar to massage in general you know the the kind of idea is again this controlled stress and then comparatively when it when it goes away there's like this feeling of oh my god i'm so relieved i feel so good now because that is over so it's a similar thing i mean there might be more specifics to it but that's the way that you can think about it so yeah the gut smashing for sure if you if you want to roll out generally foam rolling and, and massaging before bed is is good stretching right, i find sometimes is quite nice because again i feel better when i get into bed and so therefore i'm more yeah. relaxed well think about if, you, if you're really tense and things like that and then you, you're going to attempt to put your body in a relaxed state everything's really short and everything's really tight if you want to loosen up a little bit before bed there's absolutely no harm in that at all yeah so yeah controlling cortisol um self-massage we've, we've covered and then the supplementation very, very that we've well discussed now. which can add a provided boost to to your quality of sleep those are the main ones um the thing is you'll go far with those if you can get those consistent that you'll see you know you'll feel a a legitimate different distance that's a a very very good point to make as well it needs to be a consistent thing this isn't going to happen overnight it has to be a, a, a period of time that things are implemented and that was probably my last point is the one thing i tend to say to my athletes is set an alarm for a morning and stick to it for seven days and that is enough to reset circadian rhythms interesting seven days seven days is all it takes if you it's the same with the other things that we've mentioned as well you implement these things for a, a period of a week you will start to see gradual changes it's not going to happen necessarily in the space of one night you know what i mean you may see in the space of a day that that, that night you got a better night's sleep but imagine what it's going to be in the long term if you continue to implement these things i mean heart rate variability can come down 
Uh, wake and heart rate's a really, really interesting one as well. We can slowly see that to kind of gradually come down as well. Um, and I don't think any stock's really placed in that enough. Yeah. Um, I particularly think within a general demographic. It's just always the, again, unsexy thing about doing things the right way. And naturally, is it takes mm-hmm. time. We're so used to taking something. And I think that's why so many people jump to supplementation is because they want to take the thing and the thing and then the benefit to show. You know, we're so used to that with with um, when we're ill and we take certain drugs, which is great. But when you are looking to improve your quality of life, whether that be through sleep or exercise or, or you know, supplementation, it's why I think people find it hard to buy into sometimes is because they yeah. don't see this immediate or feel this immediate change and they're like oh it doesn't work and you're like mm, yeah but sometimes these things take a couple of months before you you might not even notice it because the change is so subtle but it's the build up over years of all these small things that provide you with a better quality of life not an immediate I do this thing or I take this thing and then ah I feel better it's not how it works unfortunately um, and that's why it's actually harder to do it's just because you need to emotionally buy into that thing and without feeling it you can't so yeah, some good stuff on sleep there. And that is sleep. We, I think we've got time for maybe two more questions. I guess it depends on how long the questions are. <laughs> I well, mean, I, I, one... we, could, we could talk all day, but um, there's, let's there's see how the next quest... one goes. Well, there's, there's two questions in particular that I kind of promised that we would answer. Okay, okay, cool. And this one's a little bit more specific towards um, powerlifting and training, and it's a really, really interesting one that I'm very, very pleased to have been asked. Because Ooh. we both will... I, I'm very intrigued to hear your views on this one. Oh, well. God. Okay. So... How can your 3, 5, 8, 12 rep max be a function of your 1 rep max? Surely your ability to generate maximal force is separate from your ability to repeatedly generate submaximal force. One more time. How can your <laughs> 3, 5, 8, 12 rep max be a function of your 1 rep max? Surely your ability to generate maximal force is separate from your ability to repeatedly generate submaximal force. Okay. I have a very interesting take on this. I'd love to hear yours. So in my mind, I mean, the way that strength really clicked for me was when someone described it as, um, I'll get, get my fingers out for this one. <laughs> Excited, aren't you? Hello. <laughs> was like a, hey py- a pyramid, a really crap finger pyramid, obviously diamond pyramid okay. was like a pyramid I'm, I'm listening and at, at the point at the top is your absolute one rep max strength you know what you could do for one repetition and you absolutely could not do anymore now the base of the pyramid is obviously your more higher your higher end on higher on the end yeah your higher rep based stuff like your your very very volume based stuff whatever that is to you you know obviously volume essentially is infinite to some degree but maybe to you that's your more like 15 you know 12 10 to 15 rep kind of range stuff and then you have everything in the middle which is obviously your your fives and your threes and your sixes and your fours and any number basically that's in between because really it's all arbitrary at the end of the day now when you when i visualized it in that sense I could understand why sometimes I would see massive improvements in my volume strength. I'd be like, fuck, I could only do that for five reps before and now I can do it for 12. But whereas my one rep max is has barely budged or hasn't budged sometimes. Um, 
not only and that's that's not even bringing into factor the fact that your your body changes on a day-to-day basis how how like strong it can be we like to think of this is where i am at and that's how strong i am and it's like that similar to your weight when you weigh yourself you know you do have fluctuations now you can train you can work your training in a way where hopefully you reach a a, a peak and that is you know normally for a competition that's where you have like peaking phases and stuff like that but i think it's important to to just point out that especially for the majority of the people you are not at a certain level of strength every day because there are so many factors that go into how strong you are you know again rest nutrition how stressed you are so that fluctuates as well but in terms if we're talking about in terms of um repetition maxes the the more you can build the strength at the bottom the more likely it's going to have a knock-on effect to the stuff above it and although i don't know i don't even like to think of them as separate like your absolute strength is not separate from your volume strength they are they are all intertwined they are all a part of the the whole picture again strength is not an absolute number it's not one singular number it is it is your volume it is how good you are at lifting weight to a volume but it is also your one rep max and it's everything in between and that's why i think the the pyramid description is so fucking useful and it, it just like it make it make it clarifies it so easily it also makes you realize the importance of all that volume work that you do in your training if you're thinking of it as like right my one rep max is not just me training my one rep max every every day or every few days it is also the accessory work because at the end of the day if i make one tiny muscle in my back or or my bicep stronger it's gonna add something to the bigger lift even if it's 0.2 percent but if you can strengthen all these areas then when you go to bench that thing, that's why you work on weak spots because you might have a, you know, amazing tricep strength, but you've got fucking shitty chest strength. That's why when you then get very into it, you have to pick these pieces apart and build them up. And the same with your, your, your volume. It's, it, it, you know, it's all intertwined, basically, is the, the only way I can put it. You don't, they're not two completely different things. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like I was, I was we, so panicking that you were going to say something different. Be like, yeah, no, it makes sense, like, but but you know no, what you <laughs> said there. Right. What you said there was a better way than I probably could have explained how I would have said it. To be honest, because what the entire basis of the three rep maxes and the five rep maxes and the eight rep maxes, in order to to build the capacity to therefore push to an entity that is on another level, you can't. You know, a one RM, you can't jump from a say you've got a, a three rep max of one fifty. You can't jump from a three rep max of of one fifty to like a single at two hundred. Hmm. So you need to to build the bases and you need to build the foundations and you have to have the capacity to generate enough force and enough power and enough stability to perform a greater load granted for a less volume but you have to have that in the first place in order to generate all of these things to, to ensure you can complete the rep so the way that i view it is the way that it translates is i would place a lot of stock in just the sheer amount of of power required you know like if you are and it's 
it's very, very hard to describe, but the closer your three, five, eight, twelve rep maxes are, the higher they are, the higher your one rep max is, obviously. The more load you can place in your hands, on your back, wherever it may be, the more likely you are to be able to stabilize and maintain composure and maintain form for something of a higher load. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like if I can't, if I forever perform, and this is one thing that I have massive issues with when I see some programming, when people stay at, I don't like the word the hypertrophy range, I really fucking hate it. When people say I only do sets of eight to 12. Right, sure. It really, really fucks me off. Because I see people do five sets of eight to 12, say, at, let's just pick a number out of thin air. They do a set of, let's say, five sets of eight at 100 kilos. And then out of nowhere, they go to do a one rep max of 150. But they haven't had any more than 100 kilos on their back for like six weeks. Right. And their you, body you goes, haven't this has never been your body primed. That's it. To you haven't feel primed that or conditioned the body. Your, yeah. your... You've got no idea how to stabilize against it. You've got no idea the tempo that you want to move this load at. You've got no idea of the bar path that it's going to take. You don't know what position you've got to contort your body in in order to stabilize against the load. You probably don't know how to brace against it. You don't know how long it's going to take you to do it. There are so many factors that go into it because you've got nowhere near this number because you are so used to performing it for a greater rep range mm. at a much, much, much larger submaximal load. Tell me where there's a, there's a level of transfer. The, the higher rep sets are there to, to, in my opinion, cement technique. Yeah. Technique is a really, really important one. Technique comes down to the bar path, bracing, the uh, utilization of different muscle groups, uh, the tempo, everything. You, if you can nail it at a higher rep range, progression towards that is therefore utilizing it with heavier loads. And the same principles therefore apply within these heavier loads. You don't move something within a set of eight necessarily completely differently to what you'd move it within a set of one. That's the entire point, in my opinion, of a set of that as higher reps. You wouldn't just fucking bash out... A, the point of a higher, volume, higher rep set, so a set of 12, if you want to cement technique... Let's say with a, a barbell back squat, you want to make sure that you're not like fucking torsos angled over like, where's my screen? Torsos angled over like this, the bar pass a bit, but like fucking this. Yeah. You've come, because you can, because you're strong enough, because it's such a light weight, you can't physically do that with a load that is so much greater. So what, what habits have you then cemented within the submaximal load? And those come out when you then start he lifting that heavier load. And if you haven't exactly. practiced stuff enough things are going to fall apart you have to yeah. get to the point where your technique is so ingrained that you don't even have to think about it so that when you hit that high stress like one rep max load the technique is kind of already taken care of you it's have to entrust that it's nailed in so that all your focus is not on necessarily technique because you've practiced it so many times it's there your focus is the focus Finishes. is like yeah is the mental focus of shifting keep, that keep weight. Keep your head. Yeah, yeah. That's because it. that, that will be draining enough as it is. Um, and also, like, you have to experience all those, diff like, those different rep ranges, especially the build-up to that, because pushing yourself you, and failing you can't at higher reps at feels yeah. different to lower Horrendous. reps. It's you can't physically, you can't work at 95% 100% of the time. You know, your CNS becomes... Well, you can if you, you know, 
you could if you didn't if you wanted to burn out very very quickly i mean i know some athletes who are assisted and they run some very 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 crazy drug cycles i mean really crazy drug cycles and even they can't work at 95 percent for longer than maybe five weeks yeah and these are people who are taking drugs in order to enhance performance and think they're invincible and can likely recover from this fourfold from what you could normally. So if you're attempting to work at 95% for six weeks at a time, guess what? You're not working at 95%, mate. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a very, very clever way to go about it. There's, and, you know, I implement this within my program and I don't always have people work at 60% or at this percent or at this percent. And I really don't like that approach yeah i don't like i don't like a percentage-based approach 100 percent of the time because if you do it in... <laughs> i'm sorry but that sentence was just so like fucking that? brilliant did you like it <laughs> i don't use percentages 100 percent of the time um and I, I don't like that approach and i really really don't like when people do like you know when people offer like blocks of training yeah. And say they give somebody like a 12 week block and in week one they work at 60 percent, and then by the end of week 12 they're working at 95 percent Mm-mm. I don't like that. I really, really don't like it. It's it's kind of foolproof, but it's incredibly basic, and I don't think it's the most efficient way to go about it because there's so many. Again, it doesn't take into account all of these other changes. It doesn't look at recovery, and it doesn't look at external factors, and it doesn't look at the circumstances upon that day because what it says in the program is that you should be working at seventy five percent a day, so you're going to continue to work at seventy five percent a day. That's my issue, and that's why all of my programming is fully, fully auto-regulated. That's why you get your numbers every single week. Yeah. Every single week. We don't want a session where I, tr- I was meant to work at 75% today, but I was absolutely fucked not to pack it in after 20 minutes. Yeah. Session wasted. Not necessarily wasted, but a session that wasn't performed yeah. at a level that we could have. Whereas if we'd communicated and we'd auto-regulated the volume and the intensity, then we could have scaled it back ever so slightly, completed the session, got enough working sets in, and nailed technique. And that's key, because I'm definitely guilty of this. I'm definitely guilty of thinking, right, this is what's written down. This is what I should be able to do. And so therefore, if I can't do it, I have failed. Like, something's gone wrong i haven't recovered it well enough or i'm not pushing hard enough and this this session is a failure so fuck this i'm i'm leaving whereas there is still benefit like just because you're not using that load that is written down on the piece of paper that does not mean that you can't get a useful session it just means that if you like you say you can back off but then your brain goes oh well i'm not lifting as much weight and so therefore i'm 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 regressing and i know logically that's not true because there are so many other benefits to dropping the weight stimulating your muscle or your cns in some way practicing form anything like everything is a part of the bigger picture it's all small bits but when you're in that moment and you can't write, do that number that is written down on that piece of paper, God, do you feel like a failure? Um, but it's not. And, uh, and, and it's important that people understand that because, again, your body this comes back to what I, just, you know, I said just previously. Your body will wax and wane even if everything is exactly the same. Even if you're asleep, you've been slept the same amount, you've eaten the same amount, everything. Sometimes you just don't have it in you. <laughs> like you might fall a rep or two short and that's where it's important to be able to regulate rather than just be like no and you know yeah and you know what it is it's really good to to communicate communicate following the failure of these reps as well because then we can look at variables as to why that happened 
Yeah. And 99% of the time it comes down to, oh, well, it wasn't because I'm not strong enough yet. It was because AI had a shit night's sleep or um, my nutrition was poor or this was this and this is this. And it comes down to something else and you go, well, actually, if everything was on point, I would have got it. Or... So it's like... Or it's because your coach writes the wrong percentage down. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> imagine. Oh, I could never that. imagine that happening, so Imagine that! <laughs> Rob, I want you to perform six reps at 90%, please. Yeah, Rob, you should definitely be able to perform eight reps at 95% of your one rep max. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For anyone that needs a bit of catching up, Sophie has, uh, before the the, the lockdown happened, uh, Sophie was training me. And there's there's definitely been once, it's only once or twice, but it's definitely happened where I've looked at the number and it's jumped up like 15% or something from one week to the next, but the reps have stayed the same. And I'm like, eh? I mean, I don't know how much Are you sure? You Are you sure about skills. that? <laughs> and then I've, I've done like two reps and I'm like, this is fucking, and then I, I'm straight on, again, coming back to this auto-regulating and communicating, straight onto Messenger being like, so if this is how I feel today, I barely got this many reps. Is this supposed to, is this the correct, you know, percentage? Um, and then immediately followed by, oh no, it's supposed to be like 10 kilograms less than that. And I'm just like, well, that makes a lot more sense. That's... <laughs> And it's usually just because I've been typing super quickly and I've been like, yeah, yeah, do this. And I look at it and we both go, yeah, that seems logical. And then you get in there and you go, fucking hell, it feels horrendous. And I'm like, that's really weird. Let me just say, oh yeah, you should be doing 100, not 160. Yeah. (laughs) Or it is just because you have a bad day. Or on the flip side, a very good day. Like there have definitely been times where I've been training and then messaged you or even if it's just to be like, hey, this is what, you know, this is how it's going today. And you're like, that looks too easy. Put the weight up. And I'm like, oh, now I immediately regret communicating with you. <laughs> and it's, 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 but again, it's auto-regulation. And I'm, I'm not really a huge, huge advocate of leaving like a large amount of reps in reserve. Right, yeah. Um, I think there's a place for it, but I'm not a massive, ab- I will, if I, if I want to, I'll place it and I'll state it. I'll say like, this needs to be this yeah. many reps in reserve, etc. But if, you know, if you perform a set, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I, I programmed a set of four, I think. And you filmed it and you just went, oh, I had at least two more in me there. And I was like, excellent. Can you put another 15 on there and give me another four, please? And you were like, fucking shit out. I knew I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> I should have just kept quiet. The was uh, the, the block, uh, rack pulls. Yeah, we really pushed and those. And they, they, were, they were a high percentage that day as well, for yep. I think for some triples. And I sent you the first set and you were just like, yeah, that looks super easy. And I was like, yeah, it felt really good. So you went, whack that up by like 10 or 15 kilograms. And I, I was added 15 bordering kilos on it. one rep max territory and still did it. I mean, obviously they're, they're rack pulls, so it wasn't a full on deadlift, but yeah, it but was it's, still- it's knowing when to put these things in and yeah. take them back out Well, because I, I mean? personally wouldn't have chosen to do that if that no. was my own uh, training. I would have just been like, yeah, I did what I did for the day and it felt good. So being able to have someone to go, I fucking I believe in you put 10 15 kilograms more on that thing and do it and then show me is great because then you do it and you're like oh this might be a bit touch and go but you do it and then you're like oh holy fuck I don't have as much faith in myself as I thought but someone else does or they're pushing me to realize my potential do you know what I mean to to objectively look at me and go I think you can do better than that and you're selling yourself short and i think that is that is you know so key and is is what the benefit of having being able to have some someone give you that feedback sh- almost instantly compared yeah. to just right here's your thing now i'll see you in four weeks 
I wish we could abolish that, but you know, it's it's too much of like a fool. But it works. Doing it, like it? I've, it I've definitely work. done routines work. like that, and it's and it's great. Like I sometimes love just having that simplicity, but um, yeah. you know, and and for for the majority of people, it it can work. It doesn't it doesn't have to be optimal to work. Do you know what I mean? But it is also great to have those moments where someone can adjust because you are giving them that feedback of how you slept or how you're feeling that day and be and also just to kind of go dude it's okay that you didn't do the prescribed reps Mm -hmm. let's do this instead let's back off a little bit because the you know it will still be useful it will still you will still get a good workout we may have just miscalculated and that happens everything is adjustable it's not as simple as it's knowing how to it's knowing where to place the progression and regression within the session as well yeah you've got to have a backup plan I mean, if, you know, whenever, whenever you, you contacted me and you were, you know, mid-session and stuff and you were like, look, so this is feeling like this, you should already have something in your head going, right, if this happens, you need to be doing this. If this happens, you need to be doing yeah. this. That's why as soon as it happens, you can text and go, right, you can do this. Stuff. And I need to get better at that because I won't. I will stick with the same way and then feel really bad that I can't do it and then feel like shit and then the emotional side takes over and then I think, like, fuck this, I'm not getting anywhere. Like, it's a real to 100 type thing of negative thoughts and that's why um i i think sometimes it's useful to have those experiences because then you can logically look back and be like oh, actually is. i overreacted that time if i do this again i'm just going to back off 10 kilograms and i'm going to think about form and i'm going to maybe slow things down uh because i know that that will still provide the a similar benefit it's not all about chasing numbers and getting exactly. stronger in every lift because it's all of the the principles that you're putting into practice that help progression takes many forms yeah exactly. and it isn't necessarily within the load yeah that's the top bond of it that was a we covered a good we covered a good one super right, should we go one. with the last last one yeah one that i did promise i would answer a very beautiful young lady asked me this one thanks she said uh creatine i feel like i should definitely be having it but i don't know where to start do i load it do i cycle it what do i do oh i like this one because it's so simple go, it's go, such a simple go, go, answer go. uh the answer is regular creatine monohydrate if you really want to get fancy treat okay. yourself to some creapure because so well i mean from my understanding again is that some people don't respond to your regular creatine monohydrate but the the stuff that's of better quality um some people sort of do respond a bit better to some people just it's that sliding scale isn't it again it's another percent start with your bare basic creatine monohydrate and take five grams a day boom and that's it um the loading thing isn't necessary you don't have to deload from it take it every day simple as that uh, I can't put it any simpler. The other thing I did want to say about creatine, though, it is, first of all, for anyone who doesn't really know what it is or might have heard it mentioned but isn't too sure about it, it is um, a substance that is naturally stored stored in your muscles. Yes. Uh, that is correct, yeah. Um, and it is, it is used in the process of the creatine phosphate energy system. Yeah, there he is. Oh, yeah. Knowledge. There he is. And um, basically what you're doing is you're topping up your stores of that by, by taking it in powdered form. So it's naturally occurring substance. It is not a steroid. <laughs> just had to say that. And so you're just naturally topping up your stores, your stores of it. Um, it makes it really good for particularly um, explosive strength, but it, it generally energy uh, in general. Now that's again a very vague term. 
But the really interesting thing about creatine uh, monohydrate is, or creatine in general, is that it is actually, sh- they've show- it's shown benefits to, again, cognition and mood as well, which is, I think, relatively new research. Because it's normally um, thought about as being a strength definite. supplement, as being a performance, you know, supplement. But actually, which it is. Yeah, but there's more to it again. But it's you know. it's nice to know that you get this other benefit from taking it as well. Yeah, of course, um, of course. What are your thoughts? Because obviously, because some people talk about like water retention and stuff like okay, that. Okay, so um, I can go into a little bit more if we if we were to go a little bit more into detail with regards to how you would take it. I can I can kind of give. If you wanted to go a little bit further with it, sure. So there's no need. There's no need to cycle it as such. Um, it is a supplement that you can take continuously. Uh, it doesn't have to be for a prolonged period of time. You will see. So what it does is it, it can draw water within muscle tissue, within muscle cells. So you get an increased level of intramuscular water. You will find people will say, "Oh well, when I take creatine, I hold extra water." It's not subcutaneous. It's intramuscular. So you know you provide the capacity to increase the size of the muscle cell because it's increased intramuscular water. Um, you don't need to cycle it. You don't need to load it. Um, I've, I hear a lot of people say they have 25 grams a day for five days and that's what saturates the system. The endpoint's exactly the same. Take it five grams a day continuously, in my opinion, for as long as you can afford to. Yeah. Creating is very, very cheap. Um, mm. And I, I take it year-round. Um, it is optimally absorbed with carbohydrates so the way that i usually implement it is two and a half grams pre-workout and two and a half grams post-workout because those are my two most carb dense meals and that is when i implement particularly within the uh, around the workout parameter as well um muscle is crying out for nutrients at this point so i place it pre and post-workout but there is absolutely not necessarily a need to do that it can just be taken five grams throughout the space of a day if you wanted to therefore get more into when to supplement it if you wanted that extra little touch um the logical thing to do would be to in my opinion to split the dose two and a half pre two and a half post with carb dense meals um and that's just going to increase uptake of it but you know again potentially anecdotal and it's very much something that I implement within my my athletes i usually say if there's an optimal way to do it we do it that way we yeah. don't just kind of go the easiest route we, we go the most optimal route and it can be ran yeah around it's very very cheap um, it's very, very, very readily available. I'm pretty sure there's like thirty thousand different flavors of it you can get now. Um, it's a really, it's a supplement that I think is, is to be honest, a bit of a no-brainer. Yeah. In terms of like strength capacity, and and muscular endurance, it's a very, very good supplement. The side effects aren't necessarily seen. I haven't really seen many people get gastrointestinal issues with it, um, unless you were to load it at 25 grams in one go yeah which isn't um, necessary as we've time, discussed so yeah that's the only time that i've seen any kind of complications with it um outside of that i think it's a pretty banging supplement that really yeah. does need to be well it's it's one of the few that has a lot of scientific literature backing it it is it's proven yeah. it's 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 a no-brainer because it's proven well. to improve performance um and again cognition and things like this with no real drawbacks it's safe it's a no-brainer really yeah in my opinion it just it just it's it cheap. is very very logical i mean another place you can have it as well if um i tend to if if i'm if i'm using an intra workout so like a, a carb powder like cyclic dextrin for example as well i'll pair it with my cyclic dextrin 
and I'll consume it intra-workout as well. But again, it's 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 based with a carb and it's it's therefore more readily uptaken. But again, that's another yeah. you know I think we're talking another reason to take it at that time. It's not necessarily well, well priority is all. always um having it, it having it every day. day. Yeah. Um, if if it's and if it's not is, a pain in the, the ass for you to get in these very specific time periods, cool, do that. But if that's difficult for you because it's it's a bit more of a ball ache, you're like, oh my god, it's so so much faffing around, and you just want to take it every morning because it it's a habit for you, then just do that. Fine. Get into the routine of having it every single morning. That's absolutely fair, and that goes for training days and non-training days as well. Yeah. You don't have to necessarily be on a training day to take creatine. Yeah. Take it every single day. Saturate the response. That is the primary goal here is to saturate the response. Get it in your system and continue to take it. Yeah. You don't need to come off it necessarily. Like if if you the only time that I would take somebody off creatine mm. is if we were really 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 struggling to make weight for a class. Right, okay. Then I would then I would look at removing it if but again, the amount that we would drop on the scales is very negligible. Right, sure. Well, that's a nice, simple one to end with. I like it. I, I love that question. Yeah. Question. Well, it's nice I'm because... I'm surprised I haven't been asked that before. What's that? I'm surprised we haven't been asked that question before, to be honest. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think creatine is, again, it's more for those people that have maybe are at that point where training is more of a regular thing for them and Mm -hmm. you know and it's not a bad thing it's not a bad thing that it hasn't come up it hopefully means that people are too busy concentrating on other things but um you know if you are at that point where you're considering like oh i've heard about this creatine thing and i'm intrigued as to increasing my performance then it's a great one to start with because again it's cheap proven easy yeah uh that was wonderful We've gone on for nearly two hours. Yeah, I mean, there was some stuff at the beginning that wasn't on the podcast, but, you know, it's uh, so much for these these short, short episodes. If you, you are still what, hanging on by your I by was going to say, whoever is still here, thank you very much for sticking Champion. out. We have enjoyed, we have genuinely enjoyed every minute of it. We always have, like, the best couple of hours just being able to bounce ideas and i think genuinely all of these questions were really fucking good yeah i think that's the thing that like, i enjoy most about it is the fact is how much thought has gone into it because like it's so yeah. it's so nice having such a variety as well you know your the the questions about just like oh supplementation and then more specific powerlifting stuff um and 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 also people's experiences with that so yeah there's some absolutely banging questions i think next episode we'll we'll maybe pick out a certain topic but please keep the questions coming because yeah definitely the downside of doing these q a's is that we can't spend a large chunk of time on one subject although we we do so maybe we destroyed the format maybe we should have saved certain subjects for for longer podcasts and then kept these short but no it's it's a great way of getting that information out there that that people are asking for so we you know we love it there's some fucking wicked questions so again please keep them coming either to sophie or, or myself um yeah I think we've is that everything. it I um, think it is yeah I think yeah I mean like Rob said I think maybe um, next podcast will likely be on a particular topic area and we'll it'll take the, the format that we've had previously where it's just us two um, chatting about a topic that we want to talk about 
Um, but that's not to say that these won't be coming back because genuinely the feedback on them has been so lovely. And yeah. every time I do a Q&A on Instagram, it, it always comes up. I have at least two people asking when the next pos- the next podcast is and when the next live stream is, oh. which is so nice. Like, it's so nice because we chat a lot of shit. And I mean, we're gorgeous people, but, you know, we do talk for two <laughs> hours and it's a long time for people to sit and watch us. But the fact that people do is, is really, really flattering. And if anybody takes anything from the live stream and stuff, you know, that's our day made you know our job is is very much done in that sense and we hope that we can continue to do so in in whatever capacity that is through the podcast through the live stream through instagram posts or whatever that may be um and particularly you know when people maybe haven't got a lot of things to be listening to right now or things to be doing the fact that you've taken the time out to pick us yeah. out of the, the 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 variety of things that are on fucking netflix is a very very large it's a huge huge honor in, in my book and i'm sure in rob's book as well so i yeah. want to say thank you to honestly a, a, any comment is always welcomed like literally anything anything positive negative because it means that people are paying attention yeah. and uh yeah it, it honestly means a lot if you've if you've listened and for sure if you can take anything from any of these then then we love it because at the end of the day sometimes it's one thing that can completely change your view on something or can can again change your quality of life because you decided to implement that thing or even if it saves you a bit of money because you're like well exactly i'm not going to bother with that thing cool so we're going to sign off um but it's been an absolute pleasure as always so always always mate. i I always have the best time yeah uh, doing these i really do like i couldn't think of anything else i'd probably be doing i can but i'm not going to say it out loud Right, (laughs) Right. we're going to love you and leave you. Um, To anyone listening or watching, again, thanks for tuning in. Um, Take care of yourselves right now. And uh, yeah. That's a sign. We'll see you soon. Look after yourselves. Yeah, look after yourselves, please. Thank you very much again. Good. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.